welcome to another Parenting in Paideia podcast. I'm here with my wife, Allison, <laughs> and Carrie and Tom Curran. Thank you guys for being here. And we this is part two of Parenting in the Digital Age. And we are going to just jump in with um, kind of a review of what we discussed last time. And then we're going through some principles that you have found really helpful in your family and in communities that you've been a part of and in teaching some of these things. So, Tom. Absolutely. Do you want to start with a prayer? Yes, let's pray. Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' holy name, and we thank you for the gift of our lives and our faith. And Lord our God, we ask that you would grant us uh, wisdom and insight, anoint us as parents, that we would fulfill the call that is ours, anointed as priest, prophet, and king in your son Jesus, that we would truly lead and provide and protect our children. Give us the grace to recognize and respond to our call, especially with the urgent and uh, just fundamental challenges that we face as parents today. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 All right. So tell us, remind us what we talked about last time. So I noticed how I wove that into the prayer. Yeah. Was that pretty clever? That's good. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, so last time we talked about the concept that as parents, we have a call that is coming from Christ to yeah. lead and provide and protect our children. Mm -hmm. And that's connected to the three classes of folks in the Old Testament who were anointed, yep. priests, prophets, and kings. Yep. And so as kings, we're called in kingly service to go before mm -hmm. our kids to lead by example, to set a way of life that they can imitate, but then also to establish a way that they are to follow. Mm. And so that's a challenging call we have to lead them and to ask them to follow. Right. Uh, the second call we have is as priests, we are called to be go-betweens between them and the Lord, to be mediators of the good things of God. And in that priestly call, we provide. We provide spiritual sustenance, but also other ways as well. And, and I think for men in particular, mm -hmm. we, we tend to think a lot of, how am I providing a home, right. opportunities in life, right. the good things this Bring world has to offer. In. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, to protect is a prophetic call. This is the interesting one, is mm -hmm. that you protect by speaking the truth. Uh, speaking the truth provides a hedge of protection around our kids. And so uh, in our next session, we'll have a chance to dig into the prophetic call that is ours as parents to protect our kids and we're really applying this in the digital world yeah. right? this this enormous tidal wave or tsunami that has hit family life in the last 14 years mm -hmm. and so uh, we've been reflecting on that yeah now I used to give talks about raising teens and mm -hmm. I think I said the last time yeah the best talks I ever gave on raising teens I gave before I had any, right? <laughs> That's right? And now we have five teens and we have two kids in our 20s and boy, we have been humbled and chastened. And so part mm. of what we wanna to share today yeah. is sort of insights that have come through the fire. And mm. and some of that has yeah. been very painful and purifying, but also we wanna preserve as much as possible parents from facing tremendous suffering in, in your kids' lives. But we also wanna be able to draw out the incredible gift that the Oaks is Mm. And it provides really the context for the fundamental solution. I know mm. that sounds really strong, no. but let's find out if we're right or not. Yeah. You know, and the fundamental solution in terms of um, raising kids in the digital age. Carrie, we were talking, uh, was it this morning, yesterday, you brought it up about the difference between having a mobile device, having, you know, a, a, you know, a smartphone in your hands and, and the, the world that is available to us, accessible to us easily um, compared to the world 14 years ago. It just feels like today things are so dis 
distracting. Yeah. And I'm not even referring to our kids. I'm thinking just the constant buzz and hum and, and stirring that I have in my mind and heart regarding what's going on out there. What's, you know, mm-hmm. not just you know, nationally, internationally, but in my community, among right. my family, among my friends, all the texts and messages I'm getting, and just constant buzz. And I just found a sadness comparing that to 20 years ago right. or whenever. Yeah. And you, I can't even remember it except that our internet went down yesterday for like a whole day. And it <laughs> for was, two hours. Can you imagine? And the night before. That's what it, was, it was long. It was, it, it was so It long. was a painful. <laughs> there was a desert. It was the Lenten experience and of going without the internet for two hours. I actually found it like annoying initially. And then yeah. I found it so refreshing. And then I started to reflect. There's just so much constant. But we all, almost don't even realize it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah we're attached. Age. It's attached to our lives. Mm-hmm. Just living with that thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we, you know, it's so easy. One of the interesting things about being human is that we um, we can adapt. We can we can uh, you know easily become able to overcome certain things by adapting to certain situations. But there's also a negative part of that too. Is that we can our, our state of norm normal changes really easily. We become comfortable with you know um, these things that are not good for us, and so. Um, especially if it's if it's if it's a vice, you know, then that vice uh, eventually over time, you, you get further and further down the road because the state has become so normal. So yeah, and it just ends up in spiritual bondage. Right. And, and who right. would have thought that? Right. So let's talk about providing. Yeah. So okay, here I am as a dad. I'm supposed to provide for my kids. And so one of the natural things that bubbles up in the lives of parents when your kids hit fourth, fifth, sixth, mm-hmm. seventh, eighth grade is, do I provide? A video game? Do I provide a smartphone? Right. How much access do I provide to technology, social media platforms? These yeah. things become urgent mm-hmm. when you hit those tween years and the teen years. Mm-hmm. Do I? What do I provide mm-hmm. to them? And, and when I'm providing that to them, what am I actually offering them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had to have. I, I underwent like a, a we really underwent a, like a big conversion when we had to reconfigure what it meant to raise our kids to be godly young men and women. Mm-hmm. And it really happened when I recognized that I had two sons who were now young men, yeah. teens, 16 and 15, at the Oaks, sophomore and freshman. And I began to study a bit more on what does it take to turn a boy into a man? Mm. And I gleaned an insight from St. Thomas Aquinas and the Summa Theologica. Ah, there it is. Here. We're flexing uh, <laughs> our Summa. And... Um, <laughs> In the Summa, uh, Aquinas says, I'm paraphrasing, sure. the, uh, that which turns a boy into a man is the bonum arduum. Hmm. How about that, Allison? Flexing Latin. Bonum arduum. Yes. The good labor. The what is that? arduous good. The, the arduous difficult good. good. The difficult yes. Good. It's impressive. The good that is done. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like a, like a china that you could buy for your table. Hey, in classical school, we better do this, right? Come on. Yeah, and so the bonum arduum, the, the difficult good, is a good thing that comes to be, that is realized only as a result of a significant commitment of oneself, even to the point of sacrifice. So it's consistent effort, sacrificial effort, in order to have that good thing happen, mm. as compared to easy goods that can happen so quickly. Right. Well, I, can pr- I can provide a meal for my family by calling and getting food delivered. Nice. What an easy... Sorry. <laughs> yes. Honey, you're being offered the bone of Arduum, right? Well, turning a boy into a man, he has to learn 
the difficult good. Mm. He has to learn how to sacrifice, to give of himself sacrificially, consistently, patiently to undergo these things. And I, I was just sort of shocked because up until that point, I was thinking, well, as a father, I'm supposed to protect my kids from harsh realities right. of the world. Right. We've seen that. We have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's keep it easy and comfortable and soft. And if a coach ever says something mean to my kid, whoa, a teacher, yeah. I'm going to get in there right. and I'm going to protect my kid. I'm going to provide Advocate as a father. Advocate, right? Yeah. yeah. And good thing that doesn't happen at the Oaks. So anyways, <laughs> uh, but just to say, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I need to put my kids into situations that are difficult. hmm and let them struggle and fight and battle mm-hmm. and, and, and experience like, uh, the suffering that is involved in having a good thing happen. That's so, that's so good. Mm-hmm. There, there, that reminds me of a, a book, The Coddling of the American Mind. I don't know if you've read oh, it. Oh, wow. I love it. That's uh, great. It's really good. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Haidt and another, um, you know, again, sociologist. But they're, they're, they're looking at culture and they're saying some really bad things and and so these guys are fairly conservative in the way they see things and they're pretty um you know uh, understanding about what is good for a human um and one of the things that they've noticed is just how soft the culture has become Mm -hmm. and and so they they talk about um the not just the the helicopter parent that's always coming around and making sure everything's okay and organizing everything uh, but even the lawnmower parent that's just removing obstacles constantly. And so what they, one of the big points that they make is how healthy it is for a young person to navigate difficulties on their own and to build up what they call a kind of immune system mm-hmm. for dealing with that sort of thing. That's how, actually, how to be a healthy person, you know, in terms of your your physiognomy, your, your, your physical health, you have to have exposure mm-hmm. in little ways to you know viruses and dangerous things and, and we just we just experienced that this week our kids had the stomach flu that was uh, fun spread the love yeah spread the love. <laughs> <laughs> so i call that uh creative deprivation you creatively deprive them of things that maybe they would i should do naturally so that's why i don't make breakfast and lunch for my kids or dinner yeah they yeah. just they have just to have fend to for themselves yeah it was but well, you've said that a number of times you've said to that like no carrie talk to that because um uh, i would say i i would be quicker to, to want to get in there yeah. and as the father yeah. like again provide and protect and overlap right. but i'm providing my fatherly care for my kids right. and and carrie you'd be saying no you, you can't just keep rescuing them you've got to let them figure this stuff yes. out and yes. it could be anything from what they're wearing to school they forgot this part of the uniform or yeah. they forgot something for practice or they didn't get their like those little things where I want to go bring it to them and mm-hmm. did you get this did you get that do you have this do you, and just oh they'll figure it out yeah. they went to school without yeah. a jacket they're gonna figure it out it's yeah. cool and it's not being not um, motherly and taking care of them but they really need to figure it out and those are just simple ways I think the hardest thing we do as parents is when we send them off to a camp when they're in second third fourth grade sure when you send them away for yeah. those three days or fifth, sixth grade. I mean, that's as hard, that's as difficult as we get. Right, right. And then that's it. We're done. (laughs) So there is actually a way in which you have to creatively think, not to deprive, because that probably has a negative connotation, but how do I help them strengthen their resolve to get through and figure it out and fight through 
without leaving them to fail yeah. entirely. Yeah. So I want to give you a couple of just quick stories around that. So one was last summer, um, I, I had my two boys and I said to them, I'm going to put you into difficult situations. So I sent out the word to my little network and said, I'm looking for, um, for work for my two boys mm -hmm. under two conditions. It has to be hard, messy, difficult work, and you don't get to pay them. Wow. So those are the two things. And, and so, I replied, yes, I have yards. <laughs> yeah. I have Plenty of so work. much work. Okay, so we're coming to that. Don't, okay. don't ignore me. I, no, no. So they ended up doing some really hard, nasty work. Yeah. It was not fun. It wasn't easy. They it had to get up hot. early. It was hot outside. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. And unfortunately, a couple of times they actually got paid, which yeah. I did not want to happen. I said, right. you cannot pay them. Do you agree to this? Yes. Yeah. And then they'd sneak them money. <laughs> and so like, yeah, yeah. But the whole point was the difficult good, yeah. right? And, um, and that was like refreshing, mm. but it's not easy for them. But they experienced the reward yeah. of pouring themselves out to do it. Um, it we use it at, the phrase we use in our house that we borrowed was, um, you have two choices in life. Mm -hmm. You can live the easy hard or the hard easy. Mm -hmm. The easy heart is if you make life too easy for your kids now, they're not going to be sacrificial. They're not going to grow right. in virtue. That's and right. as they get older, life's going to get harder. Yeah, and they're going to be passive in those moments when they need to complain and yeah. whine. Yeah. Right? Something's happening to me. I'm experiencing suffering. Something's wrong. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, a different mindset, which is, all right, what can I do about it? I'm going to sacrifice because yeah. of the good thing. Yeah. And that's, that's, that, that's a manly thing. And that's a godly thing. That's a, char that's a character building virtuous thing. Right. Or you live the heart easy. So you choose the harder path now mm -hmm. and life will get easier because virtue is easy. So says Aquinas, mm -hmm. right? When virtue lives in you, it, it, it is easy, prompt, and joyful. Right. If you have to think about doing the right thing, then you've already... You're you know, not there yet. Really like, the virtue do doesn't do live in you yet, dear. <laughs> it's growing in you, but it's not yet a habit, right? The habit, it's, it's... Yeah. So now, how does this relate to social media and providing? Okay, so let's stop and ask. Okay, one of the natural things that we want to provide our kids, and it's easier to provide it than not, yeah. is a smartphone. Let's just stay with the smartphone. Okay. And next time we talk, we'll talk about just how challenging it is to lock down and keep that smartphone safe. Yes. Right? But one of the biggest dangers that is often overlooked and underappreciated is the danger of a mindset that is formed through social media, mm. through the content that pours over our kids. The content that comes at them yeah. is, let's just say it out loud, an anti-gospel. Yep. It's anti-Christian, it's anti-God, it's anti-Christ. And yet, the presentation of that content is so clever, mm -hmm. cleverly entertaining. It is seductive. It draws them in. Mm -hmm. It is pervasive. It comes from every side, and it is intimidating. If you don't give in to it, you're going to be critiqued and condemned and canceled. Mm -hmm. And so those words I said very intentionally, right? Mm -hmm. So it is pervasive. It is clever, it is intimidating, and it is seductive. It's all of those things. Mm. And what it's forming in our kids is an uprooting of all that we hold dear, mm -hmm. a, a worldview that is drawn from the scriptures in our Christian tradition, mm -hmm. a whole way of seeing their lives that comes from God and will lead them to live godly lives in this world. That's what's at stake in putting that phone in, this, in, in the hands of our kids. Now that just sounds extreme. I mean, that just sounds no, like, yeah. that's, how does that happen? And They're just looking at pictures uh, of their friends. And well, that's where it starts, right? I mean, it starts that's in those where moments starts. where you're, you know, they just, they're looking on your phone and then, 
Yes. You know, they get a phone. But don't just say they. Remember from last time. That's right. We're the ones that are doing it. It's us, and we're modeling it to them. (laughs) (laughs) We love our dogs. (laughs) We're hitting the dog whine again. Okay. Yeah, Donald's back Uh, without their dog, if you remember from the last session. But our dog recognizes them and wants in on this conversation. So I think that's that's where it starts. And I think that when when we look back after two years of our kids on a phone, it's like, why do we give them a phone? Mm -hmm. Or after six months. All of a sudden, all those amazing contracts, and you're going to turn in every night, and we're going to have you on for an hour and a half, right. and blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, those slowly dissipate, and it just slowly becomes part of them. So and then you, it's with them every day. It's in their bedroom yeah. at night. It just goes that way. And, yeah. I, and it's not just me saying this. It's so just, this is helpful. I mean, I've, I've heard of the, well, here's a great tool. Here's a great program. Oh, this is our sort of policy, you know, our house rules with the phone. And, and you know, there's some, there's some practical wisdom there. Uh, you're laughing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, Devin's going to talk. You shut up the dog, and we're going to keep going. No, no, we're, we're, do we have, have a shocker? Do I have anything? Yeah. Fine. The, the they can not picking it up. What's the uh, um, Andy Crouch? You know, he has some very practical wisdom. Yeah, about, right. You know, but I think uh, we're going to get into the practical things next time. Right now, well, we're just talking about but, how we're but providing. What I, you're right. But what I hear them saying is that. That doesn't really, that's not enough. Is that, is that? It's what? absolutely not enough. And that's okay. why we talked about this idea of what do you provide for yeah. your kids? And we think the easiest thing to do, and it's easier to provide a phone than not. Yeah. And so parents, this is where we, we got to do this together. Yeah. And if you can have your kids, especially tween years into the teen years, having their kids free from social media platforms, yes. free from a, a desire to quickly access the internet as part of the enjoyment of being mm. together as a group, yes. to instead be able to say, we just enjoy being together, being outside, playing yeah. games, hanging yeah. out and talking. Yeah. You will be preserving your family from horrors, from having their faith be potentially eviscerated, mm. and from so much potentially enslaving realities that will shock their system that will penetrate their imagination and will be very difficult to get out. How do I really feel? <laughs> we have gone through First-hand this. First-hand experience. First-hand yeah. yeah. experience is I mean, so painful. Yeah, and it's not, and I just say that sounds ridiculous, but we've experienced it. So I think we can just say yeah. we're at the point where no phone. Just if you had a choice, you want to provide for your kids, provide for them relationships and a life outside of phones, outside of smart TVs, outside of video games that's so rich that they are not interested in entering into that world and somehow think they're missing out on That's all it. the good stuff. That's it, yeah. That's maybe, it. Maybe we can get to this. Providing this that. is, again, looking ahead for next session, but uh, they have to be able to, we have to be able to say things to them and, and create experiences for them for, for them to be able to understand that. How do they not... How do they know that they're not missing out? How do they know that... How do they not have that kind of FOMO well, I don't that's know. so strong and pulling them... To that. I we've experienced that with the with the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Yeah, yeah. With um, with our kids. But I think that we've realized that even if we try to explain what's really going on, they don't get it. They're not going to get it probably till they're adults. And so we have to be the ones that just say, "You, you're going to have to trust me on this." Like, I mean, for social media, for example, a lot of good. the a lot of young girls. I mean, there's so many studies out there now that they are going through depression, suicidal thoughts. Self harm self-harm because they see what other girls look like and what they're doing and how their life looks so perfect on Instagram and those things. And so even if I tell my daughter, I don't want you, I'm protecting you from getting into this crazy mindset and this depression, 
she probably doesn't really understand. You yeah. know, she probably isn't going to just say, okay, mom, you're right. You know, she's probably going to push yeah, back. But I think that we just, we, we have to be the examples and we have to be the adults in the situation and just say, I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I just can't let you go there. I think I shared this story last time, um, how we, I had my daughter turn in a phone and it was a very conflictual period in our relationship mm-hmm. and what she wrote in her letter. Did, did I say that in the little yeah, story last time? Yeah. So. Just thank you for loving me enough yeah. to not let me get away with things that you know are not good for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what we have as parents that we have to do that. If we love our kids is protect them from that and provide for them a richness that will enable them to live a healthy life, mm-hmm. a healthy life. And it, I'm not anti-technology, but I am anti-providing for my kids access to stuff that will undermine and overthrow their faith. Amen. And if you don't think that's true, spend 20 minutes on TikTok, 20 minutes on Instagram, 20 minutes on Snapchat, if you, especially if your kids have phones, and just start, just start scrolling through. Now, I'm not talking Facebook. I'm talking about these other four. Facebook can also be really horrible, but just the ones that the kids are mostly on, Mm -hmm. you will be shocked. You will be shocked Mm -hmm. uh, at what is fed up, served up to our kids. And they're not looking for it. It's coming at them. It's coming at, it'll find them. Let me be, let me just be a devil's advocate for a second. Since you're saying this with so much passion. Um, When I went into Instagram, I love to subscribe to Samaritan's Purse. And, you know, the um, Strong Women Prayer Group Mm -hmm. and all of these things that were... Right. It was so attractive to see their posts about, you know, they would post verses and they would, Samaritan's Purse, post things about where they're going to help people and Mm -hmm. encourage people to to come alongside them. So, So I think that we can, you can find good things, right? So are we saying... You can't, you can't access that. I mean, do you, you know, yep. let's talk about that. Like, how can we do that? Absolutely. So we're talking about uh, our kids right now, right? So for ourselves, for adults, um, can we establish boundaries that say stay in these healthy boundaries and you'll mm-hmm. be able to uh, advance the things that are important to you? Yes. You have to know yourself. You have to know, well, I start with those things, but how much do I spend wasting time uh-huh, on these right. other things yes. that are robbing me from? So then ask yourself, is it worth what it costs? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm saying for, for kids, for right. teenagers, it is never going to be worth what it costs mm. because it has cost so much mm. in so many kids' lives. Well, for me, the, the, the challenging question is, well, then what happens when they leave your house, right? What happens? Um, it That is a really big deal question. And so... We have a daughter who's a freshman at at college, and she had a very hard first semester. Mm. In part, it was connected to her ability to freely use the internet um, in terms of wasting time and getting distracted when Mm -hmm. things were hard there. Actually, she had so many siblings and so much activity here. She didn't know what to do with herself when she was by herself in college. So she's like, okay, now. So that was a parenting fail, but that's really not technology. I think... um, what Allison's saying is there is some, there is good. You're saying it's not worth what it costs. Now our kids are, last night four of them were all over, all looking on a phone, their daughter, their sister was, um, they were FaceTiming with like seven other kids from the Oaks and they were mm-hmm. laughing and joking and then they were sharing like these cute little funny TikToks and it was this group of good kids so it's like, oh, it's fun, it's sweet, it's endearing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, shut the phone down, like that at all. So when we say no phones, we just are like no unfettered access 
and super limited and have the passcodes and have it, you know, mirrored the, the, right. the app. So that's a, and that's the next that's one, right? all that. Look so, up Wise Phone. Did we talked about that last time? Did no. we? The no, Wise there's, Phone? there's some other ones too we can yeah. talk about next time. But right. I think providing for them in other ways, especially as summer comes up, it's like, what do we do with our kids all yep. day? When they're home for the summer and how do we allow for them to have um, activities and um, just that space to feel like everything's okay, I don't need to have this phone, I'm not missing out, and fill in those those places. Right. That's the challenge, I think, of parents. Is... I think that it's, uh, it's easier for parents to say, I'm going to put a uh, very restricted smartphone into kids' hands and give very restricted access to right. TV videos, right. et cetera, et cetera. Right. I would say that um, when it comes to video games and smartphones, mm -hmm. less is more. And so restrain it as long as you can, right? So our sophomore has an iPod, doesn't have a phone, right? Right. Yeah. Our senior does have a phone. Unfortunately, that was a legacy from right. when she came here, but she doesn't have Safari. She doesn't have a yeah. browser on yeah. her phone yeah. and it's locked down and she doesn't have the password to be able to change what she can access. Yeah. So it is, uh, it is a restricted use of that phone very much so, yeah. but even with that, um, there are there are the important concerns to say, how much time is she spending on it? Is she using a phone or a laptop or um, uh, you know binge watching Netflix right. to 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 re to, re to remove herself from the family? Mm -hmm. It's harder to say let's do things as a family yes. that say we can crowd out even the desire to spend time. Right. On those things. Right. Where is real life? Like, again, I think yes. th this is the other thing. I think, in, in kind of responding back to what you had said, we only have our own experience to draw from. And I know all of us in this room grew up without smartphones, without the internet. Um, our kids don't have that. You mm -hmm. know, it's an it's it's normal. It's assumed, and that in and of itself has already changed them. The medium is the message. It's already. It's, in their consciousness. It's already in their consciousness. Yep. And so how do you, it, it's an uphill battle in that sense to be able to get them to see, um, imagine a world <laughs> where it, it's enjoyable without, you know, digital devices. Even, even um, if we're not talking about porn or, or, you know, some of the more evil things that are out there on the internet or out there on, you know, accessible through these kinds of apps and, and, the, and that sort of thing. It's still, a, like you said, it's still a distraction. It's still, you know. And it's yes. a waste. Yeah. It's a waste yeah. of time as right. compared Ouch. to. I felt that. <laughs> well, I think that that's really what I, a, a couple years ago during the election, um, I was really seeing on Facebook the people that I was like, wow, I'm changing my view of you because of how aggressive people got online on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I shut it down. And then last year, uh, Instagram put out their privacy policy. Scared the heck out of me. It's 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 terrible. If you haven't read it, you should read it. It'll scare you to see how they can get inside your home. So shut that down. And then what I've realized is the desire to go back on because I just want to, I want to be known. I want to be seen. Not necessarily. I, I also want to see other people. I want to see what they're doing and their kids and especially people in other time zones and that kind of thing. But really deep down, I realize I just want to be seen. Yeah. I want someone to know what's going on in my life. 
And so that was kind of shocking and, and scary to me. And be acknowledged, affirmed, celebrated. Right. And if you celebrated think you want that, life. guess guess who wants that even more? That's right. Mm -hmm. The That's hunger right. of the teen that mm -hmm. has the emerging of self-awareness, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. When they hit that age, I want to belong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why it's so painful for yeah. these poor teenage girls, especially, but teenagers, yeah. to not yeah. get their post liked, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But to get savaged online just mm -hmm. is so just utterly disturbing for mm -hmm. them. So, I, they, you know, thanks be to God, right? And, and the gift isn't about hiding, like mm -hmm. the Oaks isn't about a place to hide, yeah. but it's a place of coming together in common cause. Right. right. So we work together and desire together to say we want to raise godly kids for Christ and we want to be able to provide for them the good things and also protect them from the evils that we can. That's right. Right. And I want to I want to go back to one of the Were you going to say something. If you know, we came from the Catholic setting where if you didn't start that sport in fourth grade or third grade, you were never going to play in high school. Right. I just love that at the Oaks, our kids are playing all sorts of sports that they've yeah. never played yeah. and they're starting at, you know, sixth, seventh grade. And it's just been phenomenal and seeing all these other kids that have never played basketball or volleyball or whatnot, and just, right. they're, they're allowing them to enjoy life outside of the academics, accepting them all. That just doesn't happen in a public school or a private right. Catholic school mm -hmm. where there's higher population, it's more competitive. It just has mm -hmm. been so freeing. And refreshing. Refreshing, just like, That's wow, great. I just didn't know there's a place like that. That's really good, yeah. And when we could beat the Knicks in Jesus' holy name, that's <laughs> also a really good help. So. Um, all right, any final words about providing for our kids in this context? Well, I think I'd go back to what I said at the beginning, which is um, remember when we're providing, I had this understanding that providing was making things sort of safe and easy and yes. comfortable. Yeah. for my kids yeah. and thinking that's how I'm providing for them right. and to realize oh my goodness I have it completely reversed yes when they reach a certain age especially yeah. for boys hitting these teen years do I want them to be godly men that mm -hmm. means to learn the difficult good the yeah. hard easy yeah that that's going to be one of the greatest gifts we give to our kids mm -hmm. is introduce them into places where they have to really sacrifice and give of themselves yeah. for something good and yeah. I think this digital world is one of those places where we as parents can invite them into a hard, easy, a difficult mm -hmm. good yeah. that will pre preserve them from so many painful things yeah. and, and allow them to flourish in ways that you know we can't imagine, but we should be so grateful to God for. So I think yeah. that would be um, as uh, that priestly call. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. provide for your kids a difficult good. Yeah. Well said. Amen. All right. Thanks, thank Tony. you guys, and thank you.